Chapter 9. Chess. Chess should never have gone back to bed last night. He should have continued down the basement stairs and turned on the lights and said, Mom, I heard you on the phone. What did you mean when you said, this is exactly what I was afraid of and not yet? Do you think Emma, Finn, and I are going be, are in danger of being kidnapped too? What's going on? He'd almost done that. He'd even touched his toes to the next step down. But then he heard mom sniffle. And it was definitely an I'm about to cry sniffle. And that made Chess freeze. What if this has something to do with dad? That was the only reason mom ever cried. After that day, when the police officers came to the door, Chess remembered lots and lots of nights when he woke up and heard mom crying. As a four-year-old, he'd go curl up beside her and try to wipe away her tears. And then one night she'd said, Chess, this helps me, but I'm not sure it's good for you. Whenever you're sad, please come and tell me. You can cry on my shoulder anytime you want, but you really shouldn't have to comfort me all of the time. You're only four. After that, Chess had started pretending he didn't hear her crying. He made himself stay in bed whenever he heard her we heard weeping, not because he wanted to, but because he knew it made mom sadder if he was sad too. All of that had, ha had happened eight years ago, but still, just that one sniffle last night had made Chess move his foot back from the stair below. It had made him decide, I'll ask mom about everything tomorrow when she's not crying. First thing in the morning, when I get up before Emma and Finn, and then he'd accidentally slept later than Emma and Finn. And now mom was leaving. And just as his job last night had been to keep from making mom sadder, he knew that now she was counting on him to keep Emma and Finn from freaking out about having to stay with a stranger. Miss Morales is the woman Finn always calls perfume lady, mom said, sounding desperate. Remember, because she he said she smelled good. Oh, right, Chess said, even though he didn't remember. Finn and Emma had puzzled looks on their faces, too. So she'll make our house smell like perfume? Finn asked doubtfully. No, the three of you are going to stay at her house, Mom said. They had never done that before with a babysitter. You know, she has a daughter, too, and it wouldn't be fair to make them uproot their lives when they're doing a favor for us. So there's some strange kid that we have to get used to, too? Chess wanted to wail. It'd be fine for Emma and Finn. Finn got along with everybody. Emma didn't care whether people liked her or not. But being around people he didn't know always made Chess feel like he had to be on his best behavior. It wasn't like his worst behavior was ever that bad. But being on good behavior wasn't relaxing. Miss Morales will pick you up after school, Mom said. You know what that means, don't you? We get to wear the same clothes and never brush our teeth the whole time you're away, Finn asked, a gleam in his eye. Because we're going to her house after that, not ours, and staying there until you get back. Finn's actually going to be okay with this, Chess thought in amazement. He's acting like it'll be an adventure. Of course, Finn hadn't heard Mom in the basement last night saying, this is exactly what I was afraid of. No, you don't get to rewear clothes and have dirty teeth, Mom said briskly. I'll pack a suitcase for each of you and give them to Susanna. She glanced at the kitchen clock for probably the fifth time since Chess had stepped into the room. So what does it mean that Miss Morales is picking us up after school? Emma asked. Chess knew it was wrong, but he was glad that she sounded sulky. Maybe Emma and Chess could get, to get together, could get mom to explain what was going on. They just needed to get Finn out of the kitchen so they could ask. It means you get to use the code word, mom said. Remember the code word? Succotash, Finn shouted. I get to tell Miss Morales I like succotash. 
No, silly, Emma said. Get it straight. She has to say succotash first. It wouldn't be much of a code if you told her what it was. Mom had gone to some special parents meeting a year or two ago about keeping kids safe. And she'd come home to determine that all the kids know a code word any adult could say to them to prove that they were trustworthy. Together, the three kids, mostly Emma and Finn, had decided that succotash was the best word to use. Because, Emma explained, nobody who's going to kidnap you would promise, hey, little kid, would you like some succotash? No kid's going to get kidnapped because they love corn and lima beans too much. The family had turned it into a big joke that night. Finn had decided that succotash was the funniest word in the universe, and Emma and Finn had started taking turns pretending to be kidnappers. They even... They'd even written fake ransom notes asking for millions of dollars. And then, just to be silly, millions of dollars worth of succotash. A kidnapper would have to be crazy to think we were rich enough to pay a ransom. Emma laughed. It was true. The Greystones weren't rich. But last night in the basement, Mom said, not yet. Like, she thought we were in danger of being kidnapped, Chess thought. More danger because of those other kids with our names being kidnapped. His stomach roiled, and he put his forkful of French toast back on his plate. <coughs> Two years ago, even as Finn and Emma laughed and laughed and laughed, Mom had tried to explain she wasn't really worried about kidnappers. It's just a precaution, she said, because what if my car breaks down sometime when I'm supposed to pick you up and somebody else has to do it for me? I just want you to know who's trustworthy and who isn't. That's all. Because mom is really all we have, Chess thought. Other kids have two parents and sometimes even three or four. And they have grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins or even brothers or sisters who are already grown up. Except for mom. The only relatives the Greystone kids have were each other. The only ones who were still alive anyway. Now Chess really wasn't hungry. He pushed back from the table. Okay, mom began. So I've told you about Miss Morales and your suitcases and the code word and... Are we taking Rocket with us? Finn asked. The flam the family cat. Ugh, sorry, there's a big bumblebee. <laughs> the family cat had just walked in. The family cat had just come strolling into the kitchen. He flicked his tail twice as if to say, What? Were you going to forget about me? Oh, um, Susanna is allergic to cats, mom said. She squinted her eyes and twisted her mouth as if she was just now trying to figure out what to do about Rocket. I guess I'll leave him with lots of food and I'll tell Susanna to bring one of you over here every other day to clean his litter box. Emma scooped, scooped Rocket into her arms, even though that meant his tail got dangerously close to the pool of syrup on her plate. What if Rocket's lonely, she moaned. We should come every day just to keep him company. No, mom said sharply. That's asking too much of Susanna. She's already doing us a big favor. We don't want to inconvenience her any more than we have to. Emma had her face buried in Rocket's gray fur. And Finn was watching syrup drip from his fork. So Chess was the only one who saw the way Mom's face quivered. Then she caught Chess watching her and her expression softened. I just want you to be considerate, she said. I know you'll pick up after yourselves and offer to help anytime you can and... Sounds like this is going to inconvenience us, Finn said. Mom turned her back on all three kids. Tress watched carefully to see her shoulders, if her shoulders started quaking. But she just stood still for a minute, and then she turned the water on in the sink. Oh, five minutes until the bus arrives, 
she called out over the sound of the rushing water. Let's clean off the table and get a move on. Normally, mom would have helped. Normally, she would have noticed that Chess had barely eaten two bites and that Finn had licked all the syrup off his second piece of French toast, but not actually bitten into it. Normally, she would have noticed that a few unruly locks of Emma's hair were already slipping out of her ponytail rubber band, and Emma had started absentmindedly twirling one of them around her finger. In a few minutes, Emma's hair would probably look as messy as Albert Einstein's again, even as her brain was trying to solve quantum physics or the mysteries of time travel or some other mathematical or science conundrum. Mom, look at us! Chess wanted to yell, but he didn't, and she didn't turn around. In no time at all, the three kids had cleared the table, loaded the dishwasher, and hurried to the front door to grab their backpacks. At least mom followed them to the door. She lifted the backpack strap over Finn's shoulder and then hugged each of them in turn. Have a good day at school, she said, her arms around first Finn, then Emma. Be good for your teachers and Miss Morales. She could be any mother anywhere in the world saying goodbye to her kids headed to school any day of the week. But then she got to chess. She wrapped her arms around his shoulders, engulfing him and his overstuffed backpack. With her mouth near his right ear, she whispered, and don't forget anything. Chess pulled back. Wait, what? He said confusedly. He peered into his mother's face. Did you just say? But mom was already turning his shoulders, aiming him toward the front door. Finn had opened it and was already leaping off the front porch, skipping all the steps. Emma was holding the door open for Chess. Mom gave Chess a gentle shove. Go on, she said. Don't don't worry. Mom, Emma began, but mom shook her head and reached for the door to shut it. All three of you will be fine, mom said. It sounded like she was trying to convince herself. Absolutely fine. You have each other. Oh, look, there's the bus. Hurry. Chess looked down at his sister and it felt like they were coming to, an understand, coming to understand the same thing at the same time. Mom doesn't want us asking questions. Mom doesn't want to explain anything. Chess stumbled down the front porch steps and blindly aimed his feet toward the driveway down the, to the bus. He kept his head down as if he didn't trust his legs to move without him watching. Or maybe it was that he didn't trust his head not to swivel back toward mom and the rest of his body to follow. Once he reached the bus, he went to the very back seat. Only then did he turn around to look back toward the house and mom. Mom stood, still stood in the doorway, her face frozen in an attempt at a smile. And she kept waving and waving and waving as though she believed she'd never see Finn and Emma and Chess again. Chapter 10, Finn. Finn sat in a sea of empty desks. His class already said the Pledge of Allegiance and listened to the morning announcements, the most important one. Lunch was going to be pizza. And still his friends Tyrell and Lucy hadn't shown up. Now he was supposed to be reading quietly while Mrs. Habaz helped with some other kid helped some other kids with math. Normally Finn loved any Commander Toad book, though he couldn't read them quietly because he always laughed. But today he kept looking up from Commander Toad in the big black hole to stare at the empty desk. It made him think about Mon leaving too. Was she still at home or had she driven to the airport already? Why hadn't Finn asked what time she was leaving? What if Finn suddenly got a stomachache? How would he know whether he was supposed to go home or to that strange woman's house? Maybe Finn should get a stomachache, just so he could go home and spend every last moment possible with mom until she had to leave, if she hadn't left already. His stomach did feel kind of funny. Finn, don't worry, I'm sure your friends will be here soon, Mr. Habaz said across the room. I got a message from the office that there's a late bus. Just then, the speaker at the front of the room crackled, and Finn heard the school secretary say, 
Pardon the interruption, bus 32 has just arrived. Teachers, please admit the late students to class. Lucy, Tyrell, and three other kids came dashing into the classroom. Tyrell raced to the front of the class and cried out, someone crashed into our bus. Lucy dropped her backpack and put her hands on her hips. Tyrell, you know it was just a bump, not a crash, she said. Crash sounds like somebody got hurt. But the police had to come, another one of Finn's friends, Spencer, added. Mr. Habaz sighed. Okay, take five minutes, he said. Tell the story, then we'll get back to work and you can save the rest of the conversation for recess, okay? This green car came out of nowhere and hit us, Tyrell said. It was like the driver didn't even see us. And you know, that bus is as big as a house and bright yellow. Who has a question for the bus 32 kids, Mr. Habaz said to the rest of the class. Mr. Habaz kept alternating between having the kids from the bus talk and letting other kids ask questions. It makes Finn a little sad that every answer made the crash sound less and less interesting. Even Tyrell had to admit. No, I don't think there was a dent, but they wouldn't let us get off the bus to look. We had to sit and wait forever. At least five minutes passed without Finn thinking about his mom being away. Finally, Mr. Habaz said, Okay, bus 32 kids, time to sit down. Back to our normally scheduled programming, silent reading or page 90 in the math book. His heart wasn't quite in it, but Finn whispered to Tyrell, at least you got to have an adventure this morning. I wish my bus had been in a crash. I mean, as long as nobody got hurt. Finn, we were saving the big news for you, Tyrell said as he slid into his seat. Lucy said maybe we shouldn't tell, but... But what? Finn asked. Tyrell, you know Finn's mother was not robbing that bank. Lucy said, dropping a book under her desk. Robbing what? Finn asked. My mom? No way. When the car hit us, we were right beside the bank, Tyrell said, talking fast the way he always did when he got excited, which was pretty much always. You know, the one with the red sign? Anyhow, your mom came running out of the bank carrying a big bag, big enough like she might have pulled the bank inside, bank lady inside. Give me all your cash. And then she got in her car, pulled out of the parking lot, and Finn, she even squealed her tires like she was making a quick getaway. Finn's mother did not ever squeal her tires, much to his disappointment. You must have just seen someone who looked like my mom, Finn said. Nuh-uh, it was her, Tyrell said. And that was your car because it, because it had the scratches on the side where you and Emma crashed your bikes into it. Tyrell saw Finn's mom all the time. He knew Finn's mom's car, too. In fact, some of the scratches on it were probably from Tyrell's bike, not just Emma's and Finn's. Tyrell hung out at Finn's house so much that the neighbor had once asked if they were twins, even though Tyrell was black and Finn was white. So Tyrell should have known that Finn's mom would never rob a bank. Nobody from the bank chased out after Finn's mom, Lucy said. Someone would chase a bank robber. Probably she was just in a hurry. She... Finn started to tell them about how mom was going on a business trip to Chicago, how she had been in a big hurry this morning. But suddenly Tyrell grabbed Lucy's arm. Lucy, he cried. What if the green car was chasing Finn's mom and that's why he didn't see the bus because she turned in front of us and then boom, we were in the way. Our bus stopped the green car from catching up with Finn's mom. What's it called when someone helps someone else with a crime? Where? accomplices? Lucy asked. Oh, my beloved chatty kids, Finn, Tyrell, and Lucy, Mr. Habaz called from across the room. Silent reading, remember? Do you need to move to different seats so you're not tempted to talk? No, Mr. Habaz, the three of them chorused together. 
Finn, Tyrell, and Lucy all bent their heads over their desks. Finn tried very hard to look like he was reading about Commander Toad standing at the edge of the black hole, but the words swam before his eyes. Don't listen to Tyrell's crazy stories, Lucy whispered. She had special skills when it came to not getting caught talking. She kept her eyes down and made it look like she was just moving her lips as she read. I know your mom. She would not rob a bank. Tyrell knows that too. He's just having fun. It's not fun today, Finn wanted to say. Not when my mom's going away and kids with the same name as Chess and Emma and me got kidnapped. And he didn't let himself think about anything else that might not be fun. But he still couldn't make himself read. He just sat there staring at pictures of black holes. Chapter 11, Emma. When Miss Morales came to pick up the three Greystone kids at the end of the school day, she was wearing a lot of makeup and hairspray. She also had on high heels, dramatically flared black pants and a frilly blouse with swoopy sleeves. Emma thought that if it were wintertime, Miss Morales could lie down on the ground in that outfit and make snow angels without even moving her arms. And your mother tells me your favorite food is succotash, Miss Morales was saying. Yes, ma'am, Chess said. Then his face turned bright red. Emma wasn't sure if it was because he'd had to claim in public that he liked lima beans, or if he was afraid someone else in the school office would overhear their secret code word. Or maybe it was just because he was 12. Mom had explained once that sometimes when kids got to sixth grade or seventh grade, they started getting embarrassed easily. She'd explained that to Emma and Finn when Chess was away at a friend's house. Emma and Finn had thought this news was hilarious, and they both told Mom. That is never going to happen to us. Emma wasn't embarrassed, but it felt really weird to walk out of the school door with Miss, Miss Morales. Miss Morales's clothes might as well have been shouting, hey, everybody, look at me. Emma was more used to being around people whose clothes talked in a normal voice and didn't say anything but, eh, look at me, don't look at me, who cares? Though Emma herself did have a math Olympiad t-shirt she really loved, was it also... Was it also like shouting to walk around with the words, math kids get pie on your clothes? My SUV's over there, Miss Morales said, pointing out into the parking lot. There's been a tiny change of plans because your mom ran out of time to drop your suitcases off at my house this morning. So we're going to swing by your house to get them. You can check on your cat while we're there and attend to the kitty litter so we won't have to go back until the day after tomorrow. But mom will be back by then, right? And asked, stepping off the curb. Sorry, honey, Miss Morales said, ruffling Finn's hair. She still doesn't know when, she's go when she gets to come home. Finn stuck his lip out like he was sulking, which wasn't like him. But Emma liked Miss Morales a little better, that she'd known to mess up Finn's hair. I can do the kitty litter, Chess said. That's nice of you to offer, but your mom said it was Emma's turn, Miss Morales said. Emma felt a little like her own mother had tattled on her. But I didn't say I, would, I wouldn't do the kitty litter. She wanted to protest. I was just thinking about more interesting things. Susanna, one of the teachers on bus duty, called over to Miss Morales. Great to see you back. We miss you at PTO. Oh, believe me, I miss Natalie's elementary school days, too. Miss Morales called back. Life was so much simpler then. What did that mean? Other teachers and parents kept calling out to Miss Morales, but she kept shepherding the kids toward the parking lot, even as she stayed a few, step, a few steps back from them. It almost felt to Emma as though Miss Morales didn't want everybody to know the Greystone kids were with her. Because we're not wearing makeup and hairspray and swoopy clothes, Emma wondered. 
Then she giggled, imagining what the three of them would look like with makeup and hairspray and swoopy clothes. It's the white SUV at the far end of the lot, Miss Morales said under her breath like a spy or a gangster. Go around and get in on the passenger side, not the side that faces the school. Okay, that was weird, Emma thought. She looked toward Finn and Chess. Her eyes met Chess's and Chess instantly started patting Finn's back. Hey, Finn, Emma said. Look how big that SUV is and it's white. What do you bet Miss the Morales family named it Moby Dick like the whale? Moby for short. Won't it be fun to drive around in Moby? Finn turned back toward Miss Morales. Is your car named Moby Dick? He asked. Uh, no, Miss Morales said. She was looking around and barely even glanced at Finn. I guess I never thought of naming it. They reached the SUV then, and Emma huddled close to Finn as they circled around it. Don't worry, she whispered. You still have Chess and, Chess and me with you. It's not like you'll totally be stuck with these people who can't who don't even name their cars. Emma started to reach up for the handle of the front passenger door, but Chess shook his head. Someone's already sitting there, he whispered. The daughter, Natalie? He opened the side door at first. Finn, then Emma, then Chess climbed in. As Emma settled into the middle seat, she peeked toward the front. All she could see of the girl sitting there was a waterfall of brown hair and the edge of a cell phone the girl was hunched over. The girl didn't turn around to say hello. Miss Morales climbed into the driver's seat. Everybody, this is Natalie, Miss Morales said. Natalie, this is Chess, Emma, and Finn. Hi, Finn shouted. Nice to meet you. Yeah, Emma said. Uh, um, Chess said. His face turned red again. Natalie might have made the kind of grunting noise prehistoric cavemen people made to one another before anyone invented language, but it was kind of hard to tell because Finn had been so loud. Natalie's posture didn't change in the least. She didn't turn her head. Her fingers kept flying over the surface of the cell phone. Miss Morales sighed as she put her seatbelt on. Natalie, wasn't it nice to see the elementary school again? Miss Morales, Miss Morales said in the, one of those fake cheerful voices grown-ups use all the time, where you have so many happy memories. Natalie might have grunted again, and this time the sound could have gotten lost in the noise of the engine starting up. Something dinged. Oh, Natalie, could you check that text message? Miss Morales said as she turned the steering wheel far to the right to back out of the parking spot. Emma found herself deeply curious about what Natalie would do next. Would she grunt again and make, and maybe even make it audible this time? Keep typing on her own cell phone and totally ignore her mom or actually reach into her mom's bright red purse and pull out Miss Morales' phone and read the text message aloud in a normal voice even? Emma would have to wait, would have said there was no chance the answer was C. If she had a million dollars to bet on the odds of each answer, she would have put it all on A or B. But after Natalie let out a sigh of her own, the kind of sigh that someone was in the greatest agony ever, she reached into the red purse on the floor between her and her mother. She slid her mother's cell phone through her curtain-like waterfall of hair, studied it silently, and then announced in a bored voice, it's from those kids' mom. Then she dropped the phone back into her mother's purse. Emma was so busy deciding whether to count Natalie's bored tone as normal that she let it fall to Finn to cry. What did mom say? Is she going to call us? Is she coming home tonight? Miss Morales switched the SUV from reverse to park and scooped up the phone. She glanced at the screen, then turned to face Finn and Emma and Chess. I'm so sorry, she said. 
your mom was texting to say that her meetings are going really, really late, and she's not even going to be able to call you this afternoon or evening. What would you like to say back to her? Emma took a deep breath and grabbed Finn's hand. She squeezed it hard. Don't let Finn cry, she thought. Don't let Finn cry, not in front of this awful girl, Natalie. Was it possible that if Emma hadn't had Finn to think about, she might have needed to tell herself, don't let me cry, don't let me cry, not in front of Natalie? Can we just type the answer ourselves? Jess asked. Probably Miss Morales and Natalie wouldn't be able to tell that his voice wobbled a little. Probably only Emma noticed because she knew him so well. Miss Morales handed the phone back and Emma peeked over Chess's shoulder. Chess here, he wrote. We're fine. We all had a good day at school and we are done. We are with Miss Morales now. Can you talk to us tomorrow morning? Do you know when you're coming home? Tell her we love her, Finn yelled. And Chess added that. Emma stared at the phone screen. Three little bouncing dots appeared, which meant mom was riding back. Emma waited. In the driver's seat, Miss Morales waited too. Natalie kept typing away at her own phone as if nothing else mattered. I hate not getting to talk directly, popped on the screen. Susanna, please pass this along to the kids. I promise I'll make it up to all of you when I get home. Just think about all the fun we'll have then. I'm trying to finish up as fast as I can so I can come home as soon as possible. So I need to stop texting and get back to work. I love you all so much. Mom must have thought Chess gave the phone back to Susanna. Back to Miss Morales right away, since she was writing to Susanna, not him. That was weird. Mom hadn't even answered Chess's questions. This was not like Mom at all. Chess started to hand the phone over to Miss Morales, but Emma said, wait a minute. She took the phone from Chess's hand and tilted it to make it look like she was adding a message of her own, but really she was scrolling back through the text conversation to see what Mom had told Miss Morales earlier in the day. Maybe Mom had actually told Miss Morales how long she was going to be gone, and it was just such a horrifyingly long time that no one wanted to break the news to the kids. Well, Emma would rather know. But Emma reached the top of the text conversation between mom and Miss Morales. The only texts from mom were the ones she'd sent this afternoon about how she didn't have time to call. What did that mean? Maybe Miss Morales is just one of those people who deletes text messages right after she reads them, Emma told herself. Or maybe she has a work phone and a personal cell phone and all the other messages are on that other phone. Or maybe something really weird is going on. We aren't being kidnapped, Emma told herself. Not like the kids in Arizona. Miss Morales knew the code word. Mom arranged for her to pick us up. She told us so. But none of those thoughts were comforting. After Emma gave the phone back and Miss Morales turned back around to drive, Emma slipped her other hand into Chess's. Now she was clinging to Finn on her left and Chess on her right. Whatever was going to happen, at least they could deal with it together.